we, we have to be rigorous in the process. And I think it's like preparation for just for life. And there's always times where you want to run. Yeah. Um, I see it with all my friends and, you know, myself, my son, yeah. like you just want to start before you have all the answers. And yeah. there's a time and a place for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've found is when you lay out everything in a project, you know, there can be hundreds of submittals, hundreds yeah. of details, right? Yeah. We, we've had, uh, I can talk about these stories forever, how many mistakes we've made. So sure. there's, there's thousands of them. And one that you never see that you can't imagine is going to happen. It can happen. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. I've got uh, just an amazing leader. Uh, he he owns New City, which is a, a construction organization in uh, the Vancouver, British Columbia, and a number of places. Their specialty is building envelope renewal, where they're literally take these enormous towers and tear them down to the studs and right down to the bottom of the uh, foundation and rebuild them. And uh, uh, he talks about how they become so successful, how he's transitioned from, you know, formerly being a, you know, student painter operator with us uh, at, at Student Works Management Program to running a $40 million business. Just really, really thoughtful, really, really wise, um, just, just doing things at just such a high level. I know you're going to really love this uh, podcast. And this conversation. So you know what we're up to is finding amazing young leaders. So if you know somebody who is looking for a really amazing leadership opportunity, please send them my way, cthompson at studentworks.com. Send them this uh, podcast or send them to studentworks.com. Thanks so much. Have a fantastic day. Well, welcome, Ed, and uh, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks, Chris. Nice to be here. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. No, it's really awesome. I know we were catching up before the the pod, and so why don't we 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 take it from before we first met? Actually, earlier than that, what were you like before the program? Who was Ed Bassett? You know, Laurier student, uh, even maybe even before Laurier. Who 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 were you? What were you up to? Yeah. So, um, student works was such a big part of my life. So mm-hmm. uh, before that. I was relatively the same guy. My parents, I come from, uh, you know, first generation Canadian. Yeah. Uh, my parents both emigrated here from Italy. So uh, I spent a lot of time with my dad had uh, and my mom and my, I've got three older sisters and we mm. were like a typical hardworking Italian family. Yeah. So right from the very beginning, I, uh, I started doing things to, make money, whether it was uh, odd jobs for neighbors, because I was really skilled and Mm -hmm. uh, physically perfect for that kind of work. Right. And did a lot of it with my dad. So uh, quickly started making money through the neighborhood, got a paper route, uh, had a job early on in life, uh, did multiple things, played sports, 
you know, so that was my route and uh, took uh, school pretty seriously. So okay. I was a good student and, um, you know, fairly steadfast in uh, the way that I went about things. Right. And when I met you in student at Student Works at university at Laurier, I was like, well, this is exactly why I came to Laurier for yeah. my business degree. And it was always to be an entrepreneur and to start a business. So yeah. like, I felt like I won the lottery when <laughs> I walked up to your sister and <laughs> my said, sister, oh, that's so fun. <laughs> Kelly, I think. Yeah. Right? Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I said to her, you know, Kelly, cause nobody was speaking to her. Right. And so I, I said, you know, Kelly, I, I just hate painting. And I've mm-hmm. been painting ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, by the looks of those hands, you haven't been painting. But yes, there have been people painting for you, Ed. <laughs> yeah, you bet. You bet. You bet. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. but uh, so, um, yeah, no, we were just reflecting. I know uh, you worked in Windsor uh, for, for one summer and Paul Flick uh, worked the other side of Windsor. And he's he was earlier on the podcast and running a $100 million franchising uh, business. So it's incredible how successful you guys have done. What do you still rely on from the program? So there's, there was a common saying, uh, even in training was to do what you say and say what you do. Yeah. And that has been the way that I've run my business, uh, dealt with employees, uh, worked with sub trades, you know, we just stand behind what we do and there's nothing more straightforward in business than that. When you have partners that you can rely on, when you have employees that you can rely on, uh, we all come together to work in that successful way. Success is there for you. So that's been probably the biggest thing that I've been able to use throughout my whole life. You know, when I think about uh, the early negotiations and exposure that I had to so many different people, Mm -hmm. uh, that's helped me uh, relate well with almost every type of person, uh, every ethnicity, uh, gender, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big conversation now, uh, you know, new city has a very strong representation of females, even right. though, uh, you know, construction is a male dominated industry. Like, right. uh, we have some amazing people in general, but the women that work with us are extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so being exposed to other managers, female managers that were in construction and the professionals that I was around, even in early in my career, uh, that helped me understand the capacity. And of course I have three older sisters. Yeah. Right? So, um, who have incredibly strong work ethics. So that type of mentality where we could work as a team and yeah. really create uh, diversity from lots of different uh, cultures and be very creative through yeah. that. So it's not just this homogeneous uh, group of guys who went to Laurier, for example. Yeah. Right? We've got it from every part of the world that work with us. And I think a lot of that has to do with just having an open mind and wanting to create a successful environment. Right. So I love that. Yeah. The I, best people. 
Yeah, no, I love that. Well, both of those things, you know, obviously the four referability habits and being a person of integrity, it's always who you, who, who you showed up to be for me, you know, Ed, very, you know, determined and focused, do the stuff that you said you were going to do. And then I really love the, the diversity, you know, yes, I, I guess the contracting business, a, a lot of, you know, males, right. Guys, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, that's something that we always wanted to diverse, you know, the diversity, you know, and, and, and women leaders and, and, and as much diversity as possible for all that can bring you and bring an organization. And especially it's, you know, if, if we look at, at our organization, we have, uh, you know, certainly not as many women leaders as male leaders, but we have way more women leaders than normal, uh, which is yeah. great, you know, way as a percentage. And that makes us super strong. And, and I'm really glad you, you know, you, you, you brought that up because that's, that's really great. And just seeing again, the best in everybody, right. You know, I can see that's what you see. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. We've done a lot of uh, personality testing and work yeah. and uh, you start to identify uh, people's strengths and weaknesses. Uh, mm -hmm. We all have them. Yeah. And uh, the things that I learned from different managers in my company is is really a privileged spot mm -hmm. because I get the benefit of lots of different minds. You know, yes. probably like this podcast, when you get yes. to connect with other managers and see what their trajectory is like, like um, that's been a big, big help for us. And uh, as we've grown, you need cooperation like that is uh why we're the most successful species on this planet. Uh, right. We know how to communicate and cooperate. Yeah. And so I, I learned that at Student Works and uh, it just continued on this philosophy where we have a pretty open environment at New City. We don't micromanage people. Mm -hmm. uh, we set them up. Uh, and a lot of that came from those uh, entrepreneurial beliefs from a very young age. Right. And we take care of the people that we work with and we give them the freedom to get their work done in their own creative way. But also what I had worked on is uh, the systems that we used right from student works mm -hmm. and being able to understand how important they are. And we've never stopped trying to improve those systems. Yeah. Um, so this year you know, we're going to be ISO certified, which is uh, an enormous step and something I'm very proud of in our company because it just takes a huge amount of bandwidth to organize something. So, and to have it spelt out, as you know, in a manual. So when you have a system and it mm -hmm. works, you use it and yes. you leverage it. And that was, uh, that was straight out of the playbook, Chris, yeah, right exactly. from year well, one. Well, for sure. And, and, and I know we only had you in Ontario or in Windsor for one season because you got recruited by an amazing guy, Andrew Brittenall. So, uh, so why don't you tell us about that? And you were the number first franchisee out in the, uh, the West coast in Vancouver. Yeah, probably the biggest impact on my life, uh, because I've been here for 25 years now. Right. So yeah, and uh, came out with Andrew Brittnell after a successful summer in Windsor. Uh, I was hooked, and mm -hmm. uh, Andrew had the opportunity to open up the division in the West Coast, and I said, "I'm coming with you." <laughs> so I, I was the first. I was the first guy, and uh, well, look at where that company's gone since, right? And just exactly. all great people. 
Yeah. And the same people that were there when I came mm-hmm. uh, soon afterwards and Dan Cripps and, yeah. you know, Corey, we, he never managed with me, but Dan definitely. Yes. And what a great group, right? So these things that you learn, what's also great about it, not only to be successful, but it's so exciting to be in a business where you can constantly improve and things change every day. So I'm always solving problems and love that. And one of the reasons why I love business, just because there's so many opportunities for that kind of creative thinking. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's so true. Yeah, we did, we did two, we did two summers with Andrew and then I uh, started the ProWorks division. Right. So came out of the ProWorks division and um, that's been successful out here as well. Yeah. So it was a long career really. And, uh, you know, Andrew was a lifelong friend and uh, Dan Cripps as well. So great, great, great group to be around. Sure. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 it's really great. Why don't you describe what ISO is? Because certainly, to me, you know, uh, Andrew, one of the the really real strengths of his is is systemization of our business, and he he really did a lot. You know, obviously for his own business, but actually he shared shared a lot with us as well, and uh, really assisted us because that was a real strength of his. So what's ISO and, and just for, for some of our leaders listening who might not understand what that is? So um, ISO stands for an international standard of operations. And there are different ISO designations you can get that are suited maybe more for technology businesses or manufacturing. Very few construction companies are ISO certified. So in essence, it states, how do you deliver your services and now prove to me that's what you do every time to deliver right. those services? Right. So uh, we've gone through the process in, uh, in business development, in uh, construction management and project management, construction controls, where we've done it in finance and also HR. So as we move through each one of these departments, and we've turned them centers of excellence at New City, each one of them gets refined and we document the processes. We document the software stack that goes along with us delivering those processes. And um, it makes it very easy to have uh, an audit trail for uh, your ISO certification. But then everybody knows that there is a system for everything. And it makes a great work environment. Uh, people, you know, can really take comfort in knowing that my coworker, the team that I'm working with, it understands the process, the same one that I do. Yeah. And uh, we work through it. So we've taken our software stack and then integrated it into a workflow management tool called uh, Monday, monday.com. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And we run that process um, uh, through each one of the uh, employees that are responsible for those tasks. And um, it's uh, allowed us to, you know, just grow consistently every year. Mm -hmm. And just these last couple of years have been that successful in our delivery of projects. They're complicated. Um, If you can imagine, we strip buildings from the roof down to the foundation and into the parkade. We take off the complete uh, 
building envelope. So whatever that uh, uh, cladding is, the siding, or if it's stucco or vinyl or hardy, what, whatever that system is, we remove it. We fix all of the steel stud joists or reframe the whole building if they're uh, required to need a structural upgrade. And then we put them all back together, change out the windows. Uh, sometimes this will lead into interior work. And this is all why people are living there. So yeah. it's something that we're experts at yeah. in uh, NBC. And uh, we're uh, bringing that information and technology now uh, across Canada. And, you know, we'll be in Toronto soon, hopefully. We're, we're looking for some partners there. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the building envelope work that we do. Well, that's fantastic, and 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 you can understand as well why that ISO could will would also be a, a a business development strategy. People saying, "Oh, you know, new city can do this and does do this in a deliverable way consistently," because certainly that's yeah. something that that people are always concerned with about contracting. And so, why don't we start there? You know, you have this fantastic experience with Andrew, with Student Works, and and our team, and Andrew's team, and and uh, and then you decide to start your own contracting business. And so, so right there and then, um, Ed is we have had a whole lot of our past operators see this entire contracting space as, as really a powerful space to get involved with, right? Like, oh, wow. Like there's, there's all this contracting work. Uh, it's not really done all that professionally that often, right? You know, obviously you do it that way. We do it that way, but there's a lot of people who don't. And so, so how did you see you know, that opportunity, where did you see the the growth? Where do you see, where do you see opportunity in the marketplace? If you were, you know, talking to other, uh, you know, young, young leaders looking to get into the contracting space. Well, just in general, from when you start at student works, there's, I think a very healthy competition going on for uh, bringing in numbers, mm -hmm. uh, doing a good job on your business, and we celebrate and track those. Right. So, in the same way that you try to get better all the time in, at Student Works or in anything you do, and I think that's the exciting thing about entrepreneurship, it's a lifelong goal yeah. and uh, way to live. So, um, I just kept climbing the renovation ladder. And okay. as I saw more opportunities in general contracting. Uh, so we started to focus on that. And so when I uh, branched out after starting ProWorks, I just started getting all these larger jobs. Right. And uh, my first engineer driven job, I think, was at the Chateau Whistler. Oh, wow. And once, so we did a face seal envelope system for them and uh, got to actually refinish about 500 of their interior rooms plus the exterior envelope that we did with an engineer. And from there, my business just took off. As I started to do more engineer-driven jobs, you know, our reputation moved through all the, the other companies. And each company that we worked with, we got to learn new techniques, uh, work with different materials, different sub-trades. So it's just an incredible mix of people that you have to partner with right. to get that job done. And that's what life is and being able to implement strategies to kind of uh, organize people, communicate to get 
a common goal achieved. And that's every day for us at New City. Right. So when you were looking, you know, sort of when you were starting to branch out into more and more challenging contracting opportunities, you know, how did you know you weren't going too far or how did you know, like even bidding the work, how did you go and, and, and know that you could take on something? You know, my first one, I was completely terrified, right? Like right. Uh, we, we had uh, we had bid this job. Uh, we were the low bid by a substantial amount. And uh, I was secure in my estimating ability. Right. And the one thing I could say to anybody and with who's starting out is, and of course, everybody has to look at this with their own uh, comfort, with their own due diligence. But don't be afraid to start big. Right. Go higher. <laughs> you know, uh, I wish when I was in student works painting, somebody told me, wow, you know, one day you'll do a million dollars in business a year. That was, wow. Well, I, now we want to do billions of dollars, right? right. So right. Yeah. that's that's our audacious goal. And I think that's important to set them. Like as you gain, you will get this competence if you right. Don't give up and you continuously try and improve. So, you know, we paid our dues and took our licks on projects, but we always completed them. Right. And uh, the big thing about the ISO uh, certification, but where we're happiest and where our partners are happiest and our customers are happiest is all based on schedule. If you can deliver anything in life on schedule. Right. 99% 99% of the time, everybody's happy. Right, right. Yeah. So, and, you know, that's the one thing. Yeah. And let's dig in there. Just, just so not many contractors can deliver on schedule. So what enables New City to deliver on schedule? What, what sort of, what sort of processes you have in place? What do you do so that you can go and deliver on schedule? I was reading your website before we jumped on today. And I know this big project you delivered four months on schedule. I'm like, what? Like that's, that's yeah. So, so how do you do that? And, you know, maybe you can give some, give some strategies around that. Ed. Well, thanks. My pleasure. The biggest thing to do with any project construction or not is to examine the risk. Mm -hmm. So, we look at all of the risks that could impact the schedule. So that's, that's a big thing right there. So when you identify it and for construction and building envelope, it's uh, materials and labor, then it's access. Right. And then, okay, what kind of um, uh, weather issues could we have in right. this process? Who's our key partner and what risk comes with them? Right. Uh, what are the long lead items in the materials? So there's risks on every part of the phase. Every partner or every stakeholder in a project brings a little bit of risk. The client, what kind of customer do we have? Right. Uh, are they agreeable? Do they understand the construction process? Are they mm-hmm. going to cooperate with us? Is it mm-hmm. someone who doesn't even want the construction process there? So understanding the risk from each one of the stakeholders uh, perspective is huge. There's a thousand ways to die as a Mm. contractor, Um, you know, and it's, it's so easy to, uh, you know, and you might only see these risks come up in a variable way. And they're important to take notice of because they happen with each stakeholder. You might have an engineer 
who is um, challenging or wants it done in a certain way that is going to create some issues. And then you have your client and then you have all of your different subcontractors. So as you identify these risks, material, labor, subcontractors, the uh, stakeholders, you can plan for them. And then in that plan, the first thing is to get everybody on the same page. And the way that we do it, um, and it's very difficult to do, but we do it with like a serious dedication, is that we complete all of our submittals way before we hit the project. So those are all all the materials that you're going to use, that they match the specification, all of the fittings and fixtures that you're going to use, and we have a good idea on when it's all going to show up. Right. right. So we're not holding up the job because materials aren't ready or the client wants to change his mind or hasn't made the decision and then realizes it in construction. So that that's one risk removed when you hit all your submittals. And then the next thing that we do for our due diligence is all of our mock-ups. Right. So our assemblies and building envelope are pretty competitive uh, and complicated and they are, uh, they're fraught with risk. If you do it wrong, the building leaks, you have to come back and, and fix it. It could m- be millions of dollars. Right. So uh, we make sure that we have detailed mock-ups with all the stakeholders and we sign off one piece of business and make sure that we're all on the same page. Right. So that's my site super project manager. That's accounting. You know, All of those problems are getting worked out. Uh, material suppliers are on deck to make sure that we've met manufacturers manuf- uh, specifications. The uh, engineers there to see it says yes, that's the way that we want it done, and from there we move. And that process is always like the uh, I, I use it all the time. It's the uh, tortoise in the hare. Yeah, everyone just can't wait to start ripping the building apart and running, and Doing these submittals and focusing on first things first and doing the mock-ups allows for everybody to get on the page. And we've had people, clients, engineers, subtrades say, you know, like, when are you guys going to pick up the pace here? And we go slow to go fast. And yeah. it's just these constant things that we've all heard before. But when you're in it, you can lose track of it very for quickly. Sure. You know, I I say to the guys, um, you know, you don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes, right? Like we're not moving. And there's pressure to get off of your game plan all the time. A sub trade says, well, you know, I'm not going to have labor resources. Uh, I've got you booked in for this time. Like we've got to get it done. Or the client says, you know, we're not making enough progress here. And they start giving uh, one of the managing partners a hard time. So there's always this urge to run guys want to you know people yep. sometimes don't even read uh, the um instructions to their ikea right so <laughs> they're putting it together and uh you know they're missing the parts yeah so it's kind of those funny things simple yeah. things and yeah. those simple processes we we learned at student works too yeah you know i think about how i got my first cruise up and uh, ready for production and how that started. And just that simple process of getting everybody on the same page with a quality level 
and a safety level, man, you go fast afterwards. And that's yeah. probably the reason that we hit most of our schedules. Yeah, because yeah. because that's a very disciplined approach and it's very not human, right? Like just mean, you know, like it's really yeah. hard to do that. Ed. It's yes. hard to be patient. It's hard to be thoughtful. It's it there, like you said, there's all these things pushing, pushing you to move forward, and you have to just dig your heels in. And I know you're really strong. So it's like, I'm just gonna hold on. I'm not going until we're ready, right? We 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 have to be rigorous in the process. And I think it's like preparation for just for life. And there's always times where you want to run. Um, I see it with all my friends and, you know, myself, my son, like you just want to start before you have all the answers. And there's a time and a place for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I've found is when you lay out everything in a project, you know, there can be hundreds of submittals, hundreds of details, right? We, We've had, uh, I can talk about these stories forever, how many mistakes we've made. For so sure. there's, there's thousands of them. And one that you never see that you can't imagine is going to happen. It can happen. Yeah. And you know, one, one example I'll tell you, cause it's just one, but far fetched. We did this beautiful downtown, uh, tower and the podium level waterproofing was almost an acre. It's a huge project. And so we had to rip off all the landscaping redo all the waterproofing membrane. We restored the parkade, did all the structural upgrades. It's kind of relevant. You know, you saw that uh, project uh, in uh, Florida where the condominium collapsed, right? So the work that we do in the parkades and uh, the structural repairs we do in concrete are similar to the work that should have been done over there. So we rip off all this podium level waterproofing and now we're coming back to landscape it. And there's a specification in the, uh, there's for the dirt. Okay. There's a certain mix of sand and soil and that you have to comply to. So our sub trade says he's matched it. We didn't go get a sample done. The, uh, engineer never asked for a sample and we're watching all this beautiful black top soil getting blown in across this acre. And, uh, you know, two weeks later we have to the water's not draining and it's the wrong type of soil. They've put some kind of decorative soil that absorbs water. So that one's never happened to me before, but wow. you know, yeah. $400,000 later to rip it all out and redo it. So mock-ups, you know, submittals, those are the first steps. So that's just one. I Can you imagine you got the wrong soil Yeah, and, yep. <laughs> and now it's not draining or, you know, the, we get to people running out of material and going to Home Depot or Rona and picking up wrong nails. Yeah. They're not coated. They're not long enough. And, oh you know, they'll, they'll put them in and the engineer will notice it maybe on the 10th day and then ask you to pull them all out. So it's like, there's a thousand ways to die. To go so wrong. Managing <laughs> that risk, understanding the stakeholders risk. Yeah, there there are. There are. Yeah. Well, no, and and so so one other way to die is managing money. Like obviously you've been very successful for a long period of time. So you must have some really great strategies about getting paid and managing managing cash flow with with your customers. What sort of strategies are there at? So uh, in and around finance, so I have a complete open book policy. 
-hmm. We run um, our business on uh, Stage 300 Construction and Real Estate. Right. And it's an enterprise level uh, software. And all of my projects are real time. So uh, everybody can see what's happening with about 50 different metrics and reports that are on the home screen. So that's the first thing. Right. Everything that we do is up to date. Uh, we process our invoices electronically and we process them daily. Our project managers have to prove them by the end of the week. There can't be any left in their inbox. So the first thing that we do is we pay very quickly. Okay. So the average uh, payable in my company is 22 days. Okay. So we pay our subtrades very fast because um, we're processing that information. And then we put in these construction controls. So we have no rogue invoices. Um, we write purchase orders for everything and they're detailed and they're uh, painstakingly detailed. So we'll have the purchase order, the description of the work, a copy of the documents from the tender package and the specifications plus any diagrams that go along with it and, you know, schedule requirements. So right. that's, that's there. Um, so whenever we get an invoice in, it's always matched to a PO so we can process it quickly. And we don't have any rogue invoices that way to mess up our accounting or our profit targets. Right. So, uh, that's critical. And, um, we control all of that spend. So, at our company, uh, project managers are like the conductor at an mm -hmm. orchestra, and right. they work with these centers of excellence to get their business done. So they work with uh, the buyout team to do these purchase orders, and uh, we go through a fairly detailed uh, relationship interview with all of our subs, and we take that very seriously. Yeah. Uh, we recruit nonstop with uh, four partners. And as... Um, as we move through that buyout process, you know, we're receiving invoices every day and processing them. And uh, the construction controls uh, department reviews them, make sure that there's no rogue invoices. And then they're electronically certified by the uh, project manager uh, by the end of the week. And there's an audit trail for it. So it's very transparent. Everything's very transparent. Um, and then for monthly billing, uh, we have to do a payment application for our jobs, and they're complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, there's a schedule of values, a list of uh, prices for different scopes of work, and we list them down, and we bill based on a percentage of completion, plus any time and material work that happens. So we have to coordinate all of those uh, documents uh, with an invoice, with a schedule of values, uh, with all the backup invoices and all the time cards it's a piece of business to do okay no and so we have uh, a team of people that only do that so right. because we've uh, been very good with our processes they're able to do it really efficiently and then they create these packages they send them out um, a week to two weeks before the end of the month as a draft for the project manager and the engineer to uh, basically decide on and review. And it's our mandate to have them uh, approved by the 10th of every month right. and submitted. And that typically gives us payment by the end of the month. So 
our average payables are about 45 days, which isn't too bad right. in construction. And then um, we've set up all electronic payments. So we receive it electronically. We pay every one of our subs electronically. We pay all of our employees electronically. So nobody has to waste any time right. uh, chasing money. Checks. Yeah. 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 So our cash flow is extremely good. Mm-hmm. And um, with that in place, I've always been able to get increases in our credit line. So uh, we've got a huge uh, facility for uh, overdraft and a credit line to run the business. And that is a competitive advantage in the way that uh, we're able to process payments so quickly to our sub trades. They appreciate yes. it and they want to come, right? So yeah. it's it's those kind of simple things. And then we automated processes in and around communication. My uh, controller, Sylvia, used to receive more phone calls than anybody else in the company cumulatively. Okay, like he took everybody else in the company, added up all their phone calls. They wouldn't add up to the calls that uh, Sylvia was getting. So um, why was this? Well, she controls the money. People want to get paid. So we just automated uh, an email process whenever they got deposited money and uh, her call volume went almost down to zero. Yeah. Yeah. So it's those kind of simple steps that uh, helped us to be. Uh, profitable and keep cash flow coming in. It runs like a clock. It's great. Yeah. yeah. It's Love very it. good. Love it. Again, another powerful system. One of the things I wanted to talk about as well, obviously one key strategy that you've already identified to get great subs, I, you know, you recruit, you keep recruiting and, you know, you pay them quickly. Okay. So that's right. So those are two things. Anything else add about having great subs, uh, to, you know, so, so that you're delivering the great work yet you're you're doing. Yeah. So I've always been a fan of trying to work with the same people all the time. You know, I think you get successful, um, just like a university degrees, four years. It's difficult to, excuse me here. It's difficult to be successful without without that kind of uh, teamwork and repetition and knowing that person. Yeah. Uh, so from, from our trades, uh, we've learned that uh, price isn't the best way to hire people. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, so we do a lot of diligence with them and in their estimating to make sure that they're going to be okay right. in this process. And then when we get a good result, we try and work with that uh, trade over and over again. Try to. The price has to be competitive and their quality has to be good. And what we do is um, really form uh, a coaching management strategy with them if they're struggling. So uh, we will take over uh, parts of the contract if they can't uh, manage it. We'll hire for them if they uh, need that extra manpower. Uh, we'll buy material for them if their accounts are, you know, over overdrawn. Uh, we'll push all of our partners across the finish line, and we've okay. done it, uh, you know. And and I've learned this right from the get go. But you know, I've literally gone to people's homes and gotten them out of bed to get a job. We're very committed and uh, to their success. <laughs> <laughs> I am a hundred percent sure you would. So yeah, no, and, and, you know, it's, 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 I I just hear seeing the best in your people, you know, holding them accountable to what they've promised. And then obviously if, 
you know, you're making too many, you know, home calls. They're, they're obviously won't be doing any business for you uh, in the future. On the other hand, they're in the middle of a contract. They got to get the work done. Right. And, and so it's yeah. like, like you said, I love the idea though. I think so many people, and I want our leaders to hear this is that in Ed's situation, they would just be blamers that bum, that, that, oh, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. No, Ed's owning it. What are we going to do? How do we get this done? How do we work together? And then again, at the end, then evaluate. Maybe I'll never do work with that person again. Maybe that person learned and came to 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 Ed and said, "No, don't worry. This is what I got from them. This is what I got. From, I'll do better, you know, in the future." Right? And sure. and because and, nothing's perfect. So no. I just I just love, and that's that's a unique strategy, you know. Uh, unfortunately, but I think that's a very unique strategy in the traits. Well, there there's. Um... In business in general, it becomes a very small world. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're in Vancouver and in building envelope, uh, it becomes a much smaller place right away. Yeah. So uh, how you treat people is very important just in general and For sure. with integrity. We've yeah. we've always lived that way. Yeah. Um, and it makes life just better. You know, yeah. ultimately, we're... We're here as uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, creating employment for a better life. Right. And um, once you have a certain standard of life, I think that you're just much better equipped to be uh, agreeable, uh, cooperative, yeah. uh, creative, hardworking. Yeah. Like everything's pretty much uh, like that. And uh, if someone's struggling and they can't get to that level where they can really appreciate life and live in that gratitude for all the opportunities that we have, then it's hard for them to perform at their best. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's really wise. Uh, so, so what about, um, and I know you've mentioned them, but, but what about mistakes or failures and how do you look at, look at and learn from those? Well, yeah, I've always, um, taken it, quite seriously because the, <laughs> the mistakes can cost you me, a lot of money they can be brutal <laughs> yeah they really can and and yeah. it's in its time so i look at them as learning experiences for sure right. and right. you know across a portfolio of projects uh the amount of uh, warranty work that we do is very small uh you know the customers that we're able to maintain you know very good and having having this what we've done this year is we've gone out and we created a, a net promoter score test with all of our sub trades all of our employees and all of our customers awesome so uh we're taking that information and we're sharing it and we're trying yeah. to improve on it yeah. so uh yeah the mistakes usually uh happen to impact relationships mm -hmm. so uh, we want to make sure that before we're going out getting more work, because honestly, when you're organized, there's a lot of opportunity out there and you can ask for it and you'll get it. Yeah. Uh, but you have to deliver. So I always want to know before I get too aggressive in uh, growth that my employees are happy, my yeah. uh, partners are happy and my customers are happy. If yeah. somebody's not, then we're going to focus on that yeah. because the tendency again is to always drive more sales. Yeah. Right. When sometimes the impact is just learning from your mistakes and correcting them yeah. as you're going. 
So that's the biggest way that I look at them. They're learning uh, opportunities. They're opportunities for improvement. And if you can get a barometer, uh, hopefully you'll make less of them. Uh, You can see them coming. Uh, Everything that we do is about trying to minimize risks and mistakes. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the greatest mistakes I've made, like there's, there's so many of them. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm we do there's no, there's no way there wouldn't be right. Taking yeah. on the projects that you've done and, and like you just you know, described the soil issue, right? Like there's just, just so like many this. ways to, to mess up a contract and to have oh, yeah. so many pieces and parts and decisions that could go wrong. And so, oh, yeah. so I, Totally, I totally hear you. And and so so like you said, your risk mitigation strategy, you know, um, like we have, you know, risk mitigation strategies. There's nowhere near as key a focus in our business as they are in yours. And they've really grown since you were here. And yes. why? Because there are not as many risks, you know. Right. So 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 for you, there are just so many risks. So so yes. it's just it's just being on there and and uh and 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 again you can see how that system and that process can really really help again limit them and set you apart from competitors. Yeah. So like I I think that um being a being masterful in all the departments required to run a business. Yeah. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time with uh systems and our software stack. I'm mm-hmm. a huge believer in it. Uh, mm-hmm. We invest in these ERP systems, and yeah. now with our ISO certification, it's all about minimizing. Because what happens, and you can almost think about it as a, a bit like war strategy or game strategy. But right. if if you fall in any one of those areas, you know, business development, uh, HR, financing, project management, construction controls, scheduling. If you fall in any of those areas, it stops your yes, progress everything. moving forward. Everything stops, right? Yeah. So you you have to have an expertise. You have to be an expert at all of those things, or at least have someone in place to be able to manage it. Because life is complex. Businesses can be complex. Yeah. And uh, the systems that we use uh, help streamline it. So you can take on that extra project. You yeah. can... Uh, get through that problem very quickly, right? The yeah. resources that we have available to us because of it is uh, really extraordinary. And and again, it's very much about having a nice life. Yeah. That's it, you <laughs> well, know? Because yeah. right? yeah. what's not a nice life is a $400,000 problem. It ruins the dinner, let's just say, you know, <laughs> it ruins the it weekend, does. right? Yeah. It's a hard time not, like, sorry. And of course, if you, you know, you, you, you know, it doesn't necessarily, but it has a hard time not, right? Those problems are the things as an entrepreneur that, you know, that, that really are stressful. So how do I manage that? How do I limit that? And certainly, again, I think it's really great for our leaders to hear about somebody, again, like you're living, you're running this really complex $40 million plus business. How do you do that? So this yeah. is wonderful. So, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's, it's really about the simple day-to-day uh, processes that you uh, put forward in your company and how you run your life yeah. that uh, make the difference. It's it's the same stuff over and over and over again, right? No, for sure. Training for anything. And so as you went from, you know, a university student to now running this enormous business, what did you need to change about yourself? Well, uh, again, I think uh, the biggest thing 
that any young entrepreneur uh, shouldn't be afraid to make mistakes and uh, to dream big. Mm-hmm. I really believe that's important. That right. uh, first of all, if you decide to go into business, uh, you're already taking the path less traveled. Absolutely. And and it's a big sense of responsibility. It really is. So if you're going to have all the responsibility and you're taking the path less traveled, have it all. Make mm-hmm. the biggest goal that you can right. and uh, keep pushing towards it because you have a lifetime to achieve it. I, or, you know, I've seen and studied lots of um, entrepreneurs in the tech world and they seem to be able to do multiple businesses and have m- multiple careers. So as you can process those goals, um, so goes your career. You know, mm-hmm. I um, I think that if you take on this mindset of continuous improvement, you know, you understand the responsibility with your decisions and you dream big, you can really have an extraordinary life doing it. So absolutely. And so <laughs> yeah. what, 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 yeah. key, what key habits would someone want to steal from you? Well, understanding responsibility and owning it completely is probably uh, one of my biggest success factors or traits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we don't blame other people. Lots of uh, employees in my company have made million dollar mistakes. Um, we corrected and, yeah. uh, but we don't, I don't focus on that. Yeah. I focus on this is my responsibility mm-hmm. in the end. And uh, we're going to take care of it no matter what, no matter the cost or the time required. So once right. you have that mindset where you're completely committed to that process, you've got a big chance of success. Yeah. I love that habit. A hundred percent accountability in everything you do, right? Everything I do. I just, I just love that. And uh, it's, it's so powerful. And and again, you know, the whole blame and criticism space, most people carry that around by not carrying it around. You save yourself so much weight. It's just, we got a problem. How are we going to fix it? Right. Like, 100%. You know, yeah. just, just really simple, you know, and, um, and, and also as well, People will fail. People will make mistakes. We make mistakes. There's no one who won't make mistakes. So, 100%. so how can how can I be wandering around blaming people? It's it doesn't make sense. You know, no one's going to want to stay with us, right? So it's like, okay, what what can we do? What, what, how can we make that not happen in the future? For sure, but this happened, right? So yeah. The other thing I think is that um, I'm fairly agreeable in in the way that I approach uh, our partners and employees. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're looking for solutions and, and you're giving people the runway to do them, uh, that that's overall been great for uh, growing the business and developing uh, the team. It's it's some it's a funny story. I I learned about this uh, really that I could have really good team members, and I w- had to trust them, and. I couldn't do everything, right? right? So uh, entrepreneurs can't do everything. And I learned this at a very young age when I was in the choir, believe it or not. Okay. Um, and the, you know, our, our music teacher kept saying, you know, that's, that's starting to, you know, there's somebody singing off key. Right. And right. so uh, let's try it again. We'll take it from the top. So 
you know, after two or three times of this, she's like, oh, that's not really getting any better. I just somehow decided that I'd stop singing. And the next time we tried it, she was like, that's perfect. You guys got it. So, <laughs> that, by the way, Ed, that seems like a lot of my experience in the choir. That's why. I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I, you know, we find the people who are good at yeah. doing a certain thing and then you give them the space to do it and you encourage them and we celebrate our successes together. So. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love that. <laughs> and and uh, let's do what we're good at. Let's do what we're good at, and stay yeah. away from what we're not. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed and I, we don't go to choirs anymore. So no, 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 no. That's so funny, so funny. So final question, Ed. When you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? This is a huge uh, opportunity for anybody in the world. Like things are changing so incredibly fast. Yeah. Uh, socioeconomically, technologically, biologically, um, you know, just the fact that uh, we're going to space, right? They're not just thinking about, you know, the amount of opportunity that's available to young people uh, through all of these innovations and uh, things that weren't even around five years ago. Mm -hmm. So the leader of tomorrow has to understand these changes um, and be aware of them and really think about the work that they're going to do to improve the planet uh, in whatever way possible Yeah. through these innovative technologies, um, even as it comes to the construction business. You know, we, sure. we steal a lot of um, ideas from tech companies. And uh, the entrepreneur of tomorrow is going to have a huge impact on the lives of so many people that uh, when you realize the opportunity, if you can make it big enough, that's going to inspire you and others, then uh, that's that's what I hope for, for the leaders of tomorrow and the entrepreneurs that come through your program. Yeah. yeah. I just love that, Ed. And and 100%, like your business is, you know, just the way you've described it, so tech enabled, right? So tech enabled. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're running a technology co company, right? And, Absolutely. You know, so so it's just understanding and, and again, your thoughtful leadership strategies and wisdom, again, very evolved. And, and, Again, how how you how you deal with uh, responsibility and versus blame, and you know these are all things that leaders of tomorrow need to do powerfully. Just to, again, make our world just that much better, moving towards and, and overcoming the challenges that we're facing because there and and there's never been a time in the world that there haven't been lots of challenges. There's lots of challenges now that we all need to dig in and solve, and there always will be. So just like our businesses, yeah, that's <laughs> that's right, yeah, yeah, and you know. This think about the a massive amount of change that's happened uh, in such a short period of time, and just yeah. and all through it the pandemic, mm -hmm. and you know we haven't talked about a lot of these things because I think we all just deal with them. We just like we deal out. with we yeah. we deal with it like we do every day in our business, and yeah. uh, you yeah. know we never really skipped. Uh, or broke stride, beat, right? You no, just, yeah, you no. just, yeah. And same, same with us. We, well, we went into the pandemic doing 10 million. We're going to exit doing over 25. So, That's uh, awesome. so yeah, we just, you know, crushed it. So, yeah. uh, 
And it just brought us so much learning and development and opportunity uh, because that's what we saw. But uh, Ed, thank you so much. Just love this conversation. Um, and I heard you were uh, did a fantastic speaking job with the West Coast. So we'll be tapping on your shoulder next year if you'd be willing. And now with Zoom, it's possible. Now with oh, Zoom, yeah. we never could have had you on, but now with no. Zoom, oh great! Uh, you know it'll be wonderful to to get you on one of our events next year in 2022. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Totally believe in what you're doing, Chris. Yeah. Okay, thanks Thank so you. much, my friend. Okay, yeah. be well. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Take care. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.